Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Sam's Report. Thanks for tuning in. I realize it's a holiday. Many people are off. Um, clearly, I am still podcasting because I love what I do, and you know what? The show must go on. Uh, actually, I'll probably be jetting out a little bit early today. But today is the last podcast of the year, and what a year it's been. It's been kind of crazy, actually. I mean, if you think about what everything that's happened in 2016, obviously... Uh, a slew of celebrity deaths, a lot of stuff in the Microsoft world, Apple's new stuff or not new stuff, um, I guess depending on what your your bar for new stuff is. Um, Google kind of doing some fun things too. So, uh, been a big year. We're not going to dive back too much. You know, there's a million posts. I've actually written a couple about taking a look back. But uh, looking ahead to next week, CES is next week. I will be there uh, for better, for worse. Uh, I... I, I don't particularly love CES. I've been to Vegas too many times. And that's, uh, yeah. So uh, I will be at CES. There should be a lot of things going on. I'll be curious to see what Microsoft's got going on. Um, I do don't know that Microsoft does have a presence there. Obviously, they're not doing a keynote. And they're not going to announce anything. Microsoft hasn't done that in several years. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what they have. I know that they are actually on the ground. I've got some meetings over there. And, uh It'll be interesting. And so I am actually leaving on Wednesday and I'll be back um, like Saturday. The CES has just kind of turned into a quick show for at least for me personally, mostly because there's just a whole bunch of crap there. And the, the stuff that they do show off that is any value is usually from like Dell, Lenovo's, uh, HP and those guys and potentially Harman Kardon if they're doing that speaker stuff and Cortana stuff. But uh, most of the other stuff is just a lot of these fly-by-night companies that just pop up and this is their one big event and if their little crappy product doesn't do anything, they shut it down, rebrand, and launch again. And trust me, that does happen. It happens frequently because if they don't get the PR wave that they need, yeah, then uh, then they do what they got to do. So uh, oh, the other annoying thing about CES is they'll announce products today or next week, but they won't launch for six, seven months. I mean, honestly, January is a terrible time to launch a product because it's like, hey, everyone just spent all their money on Christmas. Uh, the back-to-school shopping season isn't uh, for many, many months. I mean, people do buy laptops and PCs in the spring, but let's be honest, the majority, at least from the consumer side, is going to happen around the summer months uh, or Christmas time because obviously holidays or back-to-school, so... Um, yeah. So anyways, uh, some, actually some big kind of not huge announcements in the, and kind of, you know, ripple Microsoft's, uh, strategy or anything. But, uh, one thing that was announced this week is that Microsoft lost a strategic partner as Cyanogen, uh, is shutting down. So that OEM, if it doesn't sound familiar, it is definitely to the tech enthusiast world. Those are the people who built, uh, third-party ROMs for many of the popular Android phones, and they were better optimized, they had less bloatware. Basically, you would re-image your phone, and you would run one of these ROMs, and they became insanely popular. I believe they raised, actually, $110 million, and they announced, uh, right around the holiday times, like, uh, earlier this week, actually, I think it was, like, Saturday or Sunday, that they said, hey, we're shutting down. And so Microsoft actually had a strategic partnership, as they called it, uh, where Cyanogen was going to, well, they were loading Microsoft mobile apps into these custom ROMs and then shipping them out. And so it was helping Microsoft get more, I don't know, more market share with their mobile apps, that kind of stuff. And I don't know, there was a rumor at one point that Microsoft was interested in actually buying this company. And so obviously it's a very good thing they didn't. And mostly because I, I'm a still firm believer of this. Android is not a good place to make money from an OEM perspective. It, it's a, maybe in the very early days, but it's oversaturated. Um, Chinese companies and, and low quality vendors are kicking out Android phones. They kind of tarnish the brand a little bit. 
and it's not the savior that many people thought it would be. I mean, look at HTC. They're not doing so great. Uh, BlackBerry tried to spin it up with Android. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Android's a bad operating system, but it cannot be your only product, right? You, you can't just say, hey, I'm just going to build custom Android ROMs, and I'm going to make a whole bunch of money doing it. There's not money in that. There's very little money in from an OEM perspective. It's generally a good gateway tool for a company to build brand and market share, but they're not going to make, I mean, margins on hardware. We've talked about this many times. They're very, very low. And I can't even imagine what margins on the software that is sold to these vendors would be even, it just doesn't make sense as a business model. And we see Cyanogen just not being able to materialize and they are shutting down. So there you go. Uh, yeah, it, we'll see. I don't think this impacts, honestly, Microsoft in any capacity. They were just looking at a unique way to get their products. Again, their mobile strategy these days is getting their software everywhere. And this was just another medium that they were using. But uh, I don't know the financial details of how much Microsoft was paying or what. But, you know, kumbaya, that ship has sailed. And so life goes on. Uh, something else that... Uh, something else that went on um, this week is that Microsoft is changing up the blue screen of death. So this is actually interesting, and actually I completely understand why they're doing this. So if you were running an insider build, and you f and if you force it to crash, or it crashes on its own, you will no longer be greeted with a blue screen of death. It will now be a green screen of death. And so there's a couple reasons why they're doing this. I think Microsoft is honestly doing this so that they can tell when a machine crashes instantly whether or not it was an insider build or a retail build. And so it's like, it really took them this long to figure this out, but it makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm pretty prolific that every time I get a blue screen of death, I take a picture of it, tweet it out and say, hey, great OS or whatever. Um, and I don't actually typically get that on my desktops. Uh, I, I usually don't get blue screens on my desktop. I usually get them on my, uh, on a surface and occasionally, but I, I don't run insider builds on the metal. I always run them in a VM. So I don't know. I mean, it's not really going to affect anybody, but it's really, I think more for Microsoft sanity and saying, Oh God, were they running an insider build or not? So they're going to a green screen of death. I wish they would have gone to a purple screen of death, mostly because purple is a color of royalty. And, uh, if you get a purple screen of death, you're royalty, uh, royally effed. Um, if you know what I mean. So, uh, anyways, they went green screen of death and, that's the reason why. And so this actually came up in a leaked build of Windows 10 that showed up this week. I think it's 14977 or something, or 997. I can never keep the numbers straight. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. But that's where this showed up. So, anyways. Um, also, there's a bunch of fake Surface Phone images being floated around. They're fake. Um, how do we know they're fake? Mostly because they look like crap. It's not what Microsoft Surface Phone looks like. It doesn't really match up to some of the things that I've heard about it, uh, at least what Microsoft is contemplating. The final kind of blow being that it has actual hardware buttons uh, for the, the Windows key, the back button, and the search. And Microsoft has gone very, not courageously, boldly into the virtualized buttons, right, that are on the screen. They, they've been doing that on many of their major phones lately. And so I can't see them going back to these physical buttons and making a smaller screen size. And so if you see them, they don't, it looks just like a Lumia. There was another thing, I think, on the lens that said Carl Zeiss uh, Optics. I think Microsoft, I believe, I don't, where's my Lumia? Um, well, so this one does say Zeiss. I thought that they were moving away from that. I thought, thought I heard that Microsoft was getting away. Um, what, whatever. It does say Zeiss on it. Pure view Zeiss. I thought Microsoft was moving away from that, but I could be incorrect. I heard that somewhere. Um, anyways, I genuinely do not believe that those are real. So yeah, that is, uh, what's going on. Um, other things that are coming in Windows 10. So this, I've known about this for a little bit and I, I don't know if somebody tweeted or whatever 
caused me to remind it. Uh, Microsoft is actually building, at least contemplating and some internal builds, building a universal clipboard toggle. And I, I think this is, I don't know if this is tied into cash um, or if this is more of like a one clip type thing, but they are looking at actually building in the one clip functionality directly into the OS and not through a third party app. Uh, it, it, it's a toggle on the clipboard um, and it's a universal toggle. And what it allows you to do is when you, when you toggle that on, uh, if you have the corresponding apps on all of your devices, uh, it brings your content everywhere. Oh, I'll be curious to see when that materializes. I I'd heard of this a couple weeks ago and I just actually completely forgot about it. And so there you go. Uh, we'll see when that materializes hopefully soon, because if you listened last week, I, I know that for a fact that in the middle of January is when most of the features are supposed to be, or the shipping features of Windows 10 are supposed to be into uh, the builds by mid January and UI work has like another week. So like by mid to late January, uh, the build should be complete, not bug free and not stable, but it should be feature complete or feature locked, I think is the terminology that Microsoft uses. And so in the next couple of weeks, we should start seeing a lot of this stuff show up. And so this is like uh, the home run season for Windows builds and it should get really fun. I'll be curious to see if Microsoft announces anything next week at CES. I am flying next week, so is Paul. So I assume that they'll push one out while we're on a plane. That's typically how these things go. Ah, yes. Get some water here. Anyways, uh, so that is coming. And also, there was a lot of stuff in this build. There's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff actually in this build, and it aligns to what I was saying that Microsoft is you know smashing all this stuff in there. Uh, they're now introducing Cortana into the setup experience. If you installed the latest build one four nine nine seven you'll see that Cortana is now more integrated. It's probably them trying to introduce that UI and that personality very, very early on so people get comfortable and used to it and want to use it. Um, I, I haven't heard recently what the usage metric rate is. Uh, I should say their, their quality fa satisfaction score, whether or not they're really happy with the usage rate. We, we've There are some numbers that floated out a couple weeks ago. You can go take a look at what I wrote up about that. But uh, from what I understand, Microsoft still wants more usage of Cortana post post like day one or whatever it's called uh, after this initial setup. So yeah, uh, that is now in there. Start menu folders. So if you're familiar with Windows Phone, I think it was 8.1, you could create live tile folders. Those are now coming to the desktop in the start menu. So you click start, you have that little live tile area. You can now create folders if that's your cup of tea. The one kind of downside of that stuff is, but unfortunately, if you put a live tile inside of a folder, the live tile functionality goes away. It's just a static icon. So it looks like they just ripped that functionality directly from the phone and didn't really give us any new features with it, which is a little bit disappointing because you have so much more real estate that you can make these folders larger and maybe give us some functionality. I don't know. But that, they didn't do that. The other thing that you still can't do, which I, this baffles me, is that you can't put a live tile on the desktop. I don't understand why this can't be done because that, to me, that's the biggest use case like I would love to drag the weather tile which I have you know blown up into the big box uh, and put it on the desktop and just have it essentially docked in the top right corner it's a live tile it has information it's much more useful for me to have it up there can I just like glance what Microsoft used to call glance and go uh, I could just look at it get the information I need and go back to write what I'm doing but now I have, you have to open start menu and I know this is like first world problem but it just seems like a live tile on the desktop is so much more useful functionally than it is inside, you know, nested inside the start menu like that. Give, let me put it on the desktop so I can use all those fun little widget things and bring, give, you know, bring back the widgets. Uh, I don't really want them in the action center either because it's the same thing. I still have to click a button to get it open. So desktop, give us, give us live tiles on the desktop, Microsoft. 
uh, uh, as Luke said, or L-E-W-K said in the chat room, he said the phone tile folders are still live tiles. Um, I, I haven't, I don't use folders on the phone, so I'm not super fun clear with what they did. Um, but apparently I guess maybe they, they still did. Anyways, uh, there's some new edge improvements. Microsoft's web browser continues to inch forward slowly. Uh, this build includes see these set these tabs aside. So you can essentially kind of collect your, your browser session, set them aside and come back to them later. I, I have mixed feelings about that. I, I think it's a good feature. Don't get me wrong. I'm happy that they put it in there. And there's also new tab previews and other stuff, mostly just because I am much like who this feature is probably targeted at. I have all these tabs open, open all the time. And uh, they're probably trying to help you clean up your browsing session. But I don't know. I, I just leave them open for days on end, which probably isn't great. And it's probably why Chrome uses so much uh, memory. There's also a, a new share UI. Microsoft promised with the creator's update announcement that it would be revising the share share interface in windows 10 to include a new pop-up based interface uh that replaces the share pane that dates back to i think windows 8 um yeah you can kind of see this new share ui and so it, if you like to share content directly from uh, windows 10 you got a new share ui coming uh cortana changes previous to version 10 uh 1607 you could type win key c to access cortana even if it was hidden in the taskbar uh in 1703 it's finally making a comeback i don't know why microsoft got rid of this functionality but this toggle is coming back. So there you go. Uh, Windows update improvements. So Microsoft had previously promised, I think they made actually made the promise on Reddit to allow you to update, uh, to pause updates. And so in this, in this release, you can now pause updates up to 35 days. So if that's your cup of tea, um, yeah, if that's your, if that's what you want to do, if you want to start pausing these updates, you can for up to 35 days. I would imagine that that 35 day mark, it forces you to install, but I actually really like this because we know that for a fact that Microsoft has pushed on really bad updates uh, with Windows 10. Uh, true story, the top hitting posts on Therat were actually related to Windows 10 bad updates. Um, so there you go. And so now you can delay these things up to 35 days. It would be nice if you could, I haven't dug in too deep, but I'd love to just kind of default everything to about 10 days. That would probably be ideal because then you would have a pretty good idea. <laughs> hey, is this is this really bad or not? And there you go. So uh, that that pause feature is in there. Now, the interesting thing that I don't know, this is the build that leaked is for the enterprise. So we don't quite know um, if this is coming to all versions. I hope that it's coming to all versions. Microsoft hinted that it was coming to all versions, but we don't honestly truly know because, again, it was the enterprise build that leaked, not a like Windows 10 uh, pro or home edition that that showed up so be on the lookout i'll be curious to see when the next update arrives what it has but there you go uh setting improvements they've kind of re they've updated to some of the settings um nothing too crazy the control panel is still there uh it's not gone yet but the control panel uh is slowly becoming less useful not less useful but not as needed because they're actually putting all the settings in the settings app and it was kind of crazy uh, the other thing, too, is that the blue light shift, which is the flux variant of Windows 10, actually started to show up in this build, which, uh, quick recap, um, there's studies out there that says blue light late at night won't let you go to bed as early. So what it does is it slowly reduces the blue light uh, later in the evening as you go. Obviously, you can turn this off and on, but that is coming, too. Oh, and Windows Defender improvements, this was already known, but Microsoft, the UI of Windows Defender has now been improved, updated, and refreshed because it's very stagnant in the current builds of Windows 10. So there you go. There you go. That That's that's actually a lot of stuff. That's quite a bit of stuff in this uh, one build that leaked. So 
be on the lookout for that. You can go find it most places. There's unless you like really, really, really want this stuff, just wait. the The frequency at Microsoft's pushing stuff out is uh, pretty quick. It's not. I don't know. I didn't. I, again, I don't advocate putting any of these insider builds on the daily driver, mostly because they have their own issues. Uh, some which are known, some which aren't known, and I definitely would not put a leaked build because it's an enterprise build first of all. So you're gonna have to activate it. And you have to. It's just not worth it. Throw it in a VM if you're gonna do it, or just wait. I. I really can't imagine that uh it's gonna go on uh rich asks he says do you think the windows 10 game mode rumor is true so yes i do think it's true and i think it's i think it makes sense so they they've been pushing gaming with windows 10 and they're looking for these differentiators and again there's a lot of people who are still running windows 7 who are gaming and they're trying to give them reasons to upgrade because again those are the enthusiasts those are the people who are kind of industry um evangelists of platforms even though not officially so if they can get those people onto windows 10 and they can give them better performance and they can do it uh, with an update it's it's good for the company it's good for microsoft they've they already have the game bar uh they already have xbox integrated pretty deeply they're going to do stuff to make it better for gamers i don't quite know the game mode came from actually walking cat found some underlying code and it really could be very simple things like we don't truly know and I haven't done too much reading up on what other people have speculated. But I would imagine that if, like, you can do simple things with game mode. Like, you can limit the background tasks of Windows 10. You can limit bandwidth on the back end other than the primary applications. Just to give the game just a slight bit more performance. You can toggle down some other things uh, just to give the game the best chance. Like, turn off Windows. Not turn off Windows. Pause updates during this period. Pause all downloads during this period. Pause anything that's really going to impact bandwidth or CPU usage that's not critical to the OS. And that could make the game perform better. It really wouldn't surprise me to see this come. Microsoft is doing a lot of these little things uh, each year. And this definitely kind of falls into that alignment. So, uh, that that is the kind of the game mode stuff. So, this actually, I was thinking about this yesterday. And this is kind of one of the things I wanted to really talk about. I'd love to get somebody else's feedback or everybody's feedback who's watching or, you know, listening to this later. So I think Apple is following, not directly, and people are going to take this the wrong way, uh, but I, I really think Apple's following BlackBerry down a path that for the short term plays well for the company, but for long term, it um, it's not so good. So if you went back into, what was it, like the early 2000s, uh, BlackBerry had a platform called BlackBerry Messenger. It was extremely popular. Every People would buy Blackberries just for BlackBerry Messenger because it was supposed to be secure. It was easy. You had this neat little pin that you could send to somebody and then they could add you. It was, it was just a chat messaging application with some encryption and some other small features, but it was hugely popular. And it really, really was. And BlackBerry kept it locked to their platform. Now, granted, it was a little bit different marketplace back then, a little bit different world, but... They kept this awesome uh, chat application locked to their platform, and they got people addicted to their Blackberries, but the problem is then Blackberry stagnated, and that chat application completely died out. Nobody really uses BBM anymore. They, they've switched to iMessage, Snapchat. All, there's tons of them. And so I, I think Apple's missing an opportunity here that while they have the market, you know, they have a very strong market share, that that they could they, they need to bring this to at least to... Um, they need they need to bring it to Windows. I could see why they don't want to bring it to Android, but if they would if Apple would get their head out of their butt and bring iMessage to Windows, and they would bundle it into an application that contains Siri. So you bring and just call it Apple or whatever app 
to the desktop that has Siri and iMessage. Apple could do wonders for Siri usage. It would honestly really hurt Cortana on the desktop. Not to mention, I think it would really hurt Skype. I mean, people love, I use iMessage. If it was on the desktop, uh, there's a pretty good chance that a lot of people I know also use iMessage would just dump Skype. And so I, I think that Apple is shooting themselves in the foot for something that they think is a benefit and it's going to get people to buy a Mac. I, I, I would not buy a Mac simply to have iMessage on the desktop. Um, I think Apple needs to start thinking more strategically long-term about its messaging platform and decoupling it from iOS and macOS and saying, Hey, uh, let's bring this chat application everywhere and let's own the, let's own the marketplace there as well. It, it, it's really dense thinking about that kind of stuff. And it, it's a little frustrating because I, the best thing to get Skype better is to give it more competition. And right now, the best competition to Skype, in my honest opinion, at least globally, or I should say, I shouldn't say globally, because I know WhatsApp is extremely popular in Europe, uh, at least in the US, would be iMessage. It is used by millions of people in the US. Um, and I don't know, Apple, I, I don't think Tim Cook is listening to this. Maybe I'll write him a nice little email uh, that he'll promptly ignore. But I, I think that them bringing it to the desktop, bundling it with Siri is a very strategic and smart move on Apple's part. And yet I don't, they're too wound up in this walled garden. And I don't think that really breaks the walled garden. I don't think them bringing it to windows on the, just on the desktop. I don't exclude Android for now. Um, I, I don't think that impacts iPhone sales. I don't honestly think it impacts Mac sales. And so, I don't know. I, I think Apple is making the same mistake here that BlackBerry Message did when they owned the market. I shouldn't say owned the market. When they had strong market share, that they didn't capitalize on the true exponential value of that tool because they were too arrogant in keeping it on their own platform. Um, yeah. It, it, it seems kind of baffling. I don't know. That's just kind of the, the thing here. So, there's a bunch of reader questions this week. And I would, I would genuinely, you can put it on, you can message me on Twitter or whatever. I, I would really, really love to know if anybody's strongly against that, why bringing iMessage to the desktop, uh, the Windows desktop, that is, would be uh, a bad move. Now, granted, I know I already see people in the chat room saying, hey, iTunes worked out really well. Well, iTunes worked out really well for Apple, honestly. It's, it's a bloated thing now, but initially it has worked out very well for Apple, um, so whatever you can take into that uh jumping into reader questions here kadupa says let's see here uh what do you think about the feedback feedback app hub is it really has it is it really been useful so he's talking about the feedback app for windows 10 uh i don't think it's filled with so much uh random noise and i'm just trying to read here so okay his premise is he wants to know what is um, <laughs> what is my thoughts on the feedback app? Actually, I'm trying to multitask here. Uh, da, 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 da. So, sorry, it's Friday and everybody suddenly needs me. Uh, anyways, okay, so Kadupa asks, he says, hey, uh, what do you think about the feedback app hub? So there is a ton of noise and the feedback app hub is good for getting the large issues that impact a lot of people. And I mean a lot, a lot, a lot of people. Like if, the problem with the feedback app hub model right now is that if you have like a medium uh, ranked like issue, it gets lost. If, if you're the only person that is reporting it, it may not be the only person who has the issue. It's, I don't know. Um, don't get me wrong. I think the feedback app and hub is good. I, I, I do. I, I 
because if you went back to prior to Windows 10 uh, to Windows 8, we didn't have this type of reporting mechanism. And that's the problem. And so I'm happy that Microsoft is opening it up and doing that kind of stuff. But at the same time, they need to be, I think what they need to be is just more transparent about reviewing items. Like it would be nice if they would just go through and say, hey, even if they don't respond to it, just check a little box saying this item has been logged with Microsoft. Um, so when you publish something into there, they can at least see that somebody saw it and maybe looking into it, but at the same time, it, it's there's a lot of noise. Like Microsoft honestly should probably have people dedicated 24 hours a day to just reviewing that stuff and going through rather than the engineers on the team who have their own internal bug list, because don't get me wrong, Microsoft has its own uh, separate bug feed, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but uh, tool internally that they can escalate this stuff up through. And so there you go. Uh, it's good, but it is very noisy, and I wish that they were just more transparent about how much they were looking at it. I think that would potentially help. And, and as Greg is actually pointing out, he says, the problem with the Feedback Hub, there are tons of reports of the same issue that get buried. Uh, yeah. Yep, yep. And that's what I mean. That's why they need people constantly looking at this so they can combine these things. Like, if two separate people, like, if a patch goes out and it impacts or a bill goes out and impacts two people at the same time. They're both going to report it, but they'll never combine those things. And, and that's the issue. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. Uh, the reminder asks, he says, what do you know about Xbox one connect for windows 10 as a windows hello camera, etc.? cetera? Uh, what is Microsoft's milestone? Was, my current experience with fastering build is great when it works. So I haven't heard any, I don't, I actually have this cable. I should try this sometime. Um, I honestly don't know too much. I know that it's potent. It's I think it's possible, but I don't. Microsoft. The thing with Connect is Microsoft lost a lot of love for Connect um, internally. It, it's still a good tool and it's a very niche product, but it's not widely discussed anymore. I mean, they as soon as they unbundled it from the Xbox One, the thing just kind of fell off the radar of Microsoft. That's about the last that I had kind of heard. Um, but Shane asks, he says, what's the one thing you want to see in 2017 personally, uh, and work related? So personally in 2017, geez, I, I just hope to continue to broaden horizons. That's my big kind of thing is I get, and it, it can be from technology. It can honestly be from food. It can be from whatever is just getting out of a comfort zone is a good thing to do every once in a while. And that, that's kind of personally work-related. There's a lot of things. We've got a lot of work to do on Therat uh, with new features, especially the comment system. We know that people have issues with comment system. And uh, there's, there's a lot of stuff on the comment system. I know um, we had some other things going on on the back end, that, and we should hopefully be getting to that in January. Don't quote me on that. But the comment system... There's a lot of stuff on Therat. Uh, Petri is going to get a lot of love in 2017. We've actually got some things on the agenda that are going to add a lot of value. If you're not familiar uh, with the difference here, so Therat.com was T-H-U-R-R-O-T-T, is consumer tech, and Petri, P-E-T-R-I.com, is enterprise-related content. And so on the enterprise side, uh, we got a lot of initiatives to help grow traffic. That site is doing phenomenally. Um, we added some new writers. We, we are now diving deep into Office 365 a couple times a week, and we're going to continue to build upon that. But on the Therat side and the consumer tech side, I hope that we can continue to expand, uh, expand not only topical areas, potentially in a dream world, potentially bring on more writers, uh, just build the brand up and make things bigger and better. That's um, We've got an interesting thing going on with Throt. Interesting in a good way, by all means. And we're watching how it matures and materializes. And um, it's just a whole different world. And so we've got some big milestones coming up here. And that's kind of that stuff. 
uh, Luke, I believe that's how you pronounce his name, Luke or Locke, L-E-W-K, and I think he's in the chat room. Uh, the clutter feature in Outlook.com stopped working a few weeks ago, and the settings for it completely disappeared. However, the clutter folder is now permanently attached to my inbox, and I cannot remove it. Do you happen to know if Outlook.com team are going to replace this with focused inbox? If not, uh, I sure hope they, re they remove the dead, useless clutter folder. So I actually did not know that the clutter feature went away. I... I, I get really sensitive about people meddling with my inbox. And so I don't use, I never use clutter. Uh, I never use focus inbox. I just want stuff to flow in. And I say that biting my tongue is because now I get a lot of, um, <laughs> I, get, I get a lot of spam that's coming through on my outlook.com. It started about a couple weeks ago, maybe two weeks ago. But I, I don't quite honestly know. I, I do know that they are, that focused inbox, I've actually heard that a couple times on in from internal people saying that is a more priority than clutter because it, it's uh, they have a lot of people using it on their mobile app. And so I would imagine that you're correct that they're going to make that more pervasive and bring it to their other products because focused inbox, I think, has, has worked better than the clutter branding or feature name. And so I think that's what we're seeing here. As for... <laughs> how to remove that folder from your account. I honestly don't, I can't help you there. Uh, Simard 57 asks us, when will Amazon Echo be able to be used as a house intercom? Seems, yes, so this is interesting too. Um, I've wondered this as well. It seems like a really natural thing. Amazon has, I love Amazon, I love the Echo, and I love what they're doing with it, but they're moving too slow. For the primary, the first thing they need to figure out is that if you have multiple Echoes in your house, so that when you activate one, it doesn't activate all of them. That's step one. This intercom feature is actually a really neat idea. I never really thought about this, but it makes sense that you could use that speaker and it would actually be great because my Echo's down here in the basement and my other one is upstairs where my wife and kid are and you can't always yell, but it'd be very nice to be able to actually use this as an intercom system. That's actually a neat idea. Um, I know some people on the Echo team and I might actually tell them that and see if that actually works out. Um, that's actually, really, I like that idea. Uh, oh, Rat Kuti, uh, R-A-T-K-U-T-T-I asks, he says, what do you think about the greed screen of death? Uh, was changing it the blue screen to green really required perhaps? Yep. Um, so I talked about this earlier. This is only for insider build stuff. That's just the insider build stuff. Uh, Jim Chaplin writes, uh, I'm having a problem with Windows tablets waking from sleep. This is not unique. Uh, it happens on my new vision that purchased from the Microsoft store. It happened on my HP stream and on my Surface RT. Uh, I can sometimes take multiple devices. So yeah. Um, I have, I have this exact same problem on surfaces. And so I have come to the conclusion that this is a windows issue and not a hardware issue. And the only reason I say that is you listed three tablets, Jim, that it's happened to you on. I have a couple that have happened on. I, I wish there was a fix for this, but it happens enough that it's annoying. And I suspect that's what's going on for you is that, uh, I don't know. I, I really just suspect that's the issue that is going on. Um, it's a Windows-related problem. I, I, I can't help you out. I, I, it's unfortunate too because you know I'm going to be talking with some Microsoft people. Maybe I'll bring this up to them and see what they say because it's clearly it's popped up here the past couple of times. I don't know if it's the latest build of Windows that's doing it more. Um, if you could tell me what OS you're running, that would probably help. But yeah. Interesting. Interesting that why I keep saying it's interesting. It's that you've brought it up and some other people have brought it up very recently. And I don't know if it's related to this lit last build of windows, but there you go. There you go. Interesting stuff. Um, that kind of stuff fascinates me. These bugs that are pervasive. And somebody asked about concepts that they posted up of edge. 
on Twitter. You can actually go check out the form. If you're wondering where these questions come from, they come from throt.com uh, forward slash forums. And then there's a Sam's Report subforum. And I, every week I put up a thread and people ask questions. And there's some concept art somebody put in there. It's honestly not bad. Like, I, I'm not a big fan typically of concept art uh, just because of, I don't know. Um, I do think Microsoft needs their UI stuff. Neon is supposed to fix a lot of the supposed to fix. I think uh, Neon has been oversold by a good capacity by some websites. Um, Neon will have some UI changes. Do not get me wrong, but it is not a complete overhaul to Windows like many people had been saying. So I just to quell that down a little bit. Um, so that kind of does it for the questions of the week. And I did this actually last time I asked this question, it was six months ago, almost to the day. And in, and I would honestly love some feedback, mostly because the feedback has actually helped shape this podcast and helped actually help, help it grow, which I genuinely appreciate from you guys. Uh, the reader questions is actually one of the feedbacks that I got actually to do a thread. And the other thing that changed over the summer was this. And so I do a tip of the week every week at the end. I think, uh, oh gosh, what's his name? Uh, is it Dave? I believe it's Dave. Uh, I know he, <laughs> I know exactly who his thing is. Why can I not recognize his name? Um, but he suggested doing a tip of the week. And so this tip of the week is actually a question for you guys. What do you guys want me to do in 2017? How do you want me to change this podcast up? What do you want me to add, remove, or do whatever? And I'm always open to feedback. Um, last time I checked, uh, about 1.5 million minutes of content had been viewed in 2016 so quite a bit you know i don't know i'm very proud of that and I, I i just want to keep doing what people want and so if you have any feedback for 2017 for this podcast please 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 let me know and we will go from there we will go from there so guys this has been another episode i thank you for tuning in have an excellent 2017 uh can't be any worse than 2016 and enjoy your weekend. I'll be at CES next week. I'll figure out how I'm going to do a show from there, if it's going to be live or what we're going to do. It might potentially be pre-recorded. I don't quite know because it's a little dicey when you're in Vegas. But um, thanks for tuning in, guys. Hope you had a great holiday, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs>